Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. I'm not going to make fun of you every time. <laughs> I just got to I got to make make my way through Pan's labyrinth of <laughs> random things. Hello, podcast land. It's Father Nathan. It's Father Michael. We're back. Denver edition. Have you listened to any of the Roman guys in a while? I did. I listened. What was their most? Oh, the recent one was the politics one. Yeah, they got good. they yeah. got some they got some outsiders. Yeah, Father John Clockman. Yeah, I actually listened. I listened to every single one. I listened to ours as well. Studio audience to critique them. Oh, to critique myself. Yeah, I wish I was a perfectionist. <laughs> I do listen, but I don't do a very good job of critiquing myself. Yeah. No, it's just, it it's kind of crazy to like tune in to the other guys and then be like, whoa, like they they recorded. Yeah. But I mean, obviously they recorded because if not, like we wouldn't have one and we haven't recorded in a while. But you're right. I don't know how they did it because I mean, they left here and then all of a sudden we got an email saying that they had four recorded. Yeah. And it was like a week after they left. That's jet lag. Yeah. That's the jet lag effect. Yeah. And then it took us how long? Yeah, uh, we, well, no, we, yeah. See, we have, we have roles in this too, though. And usually I'm the one that texts you and say we need to go in, in but right. this time you did. That's right. So I what, looked, what inspired your, <laughs> your I looked at the, I looked at the chart and no, I you said, did. I looked at the chart and I said, All it's right. time. It's All time right. for us to get together. I'm, I'm, I sh- <laughs> this sounds so condescending, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> no, no, actually. It <laughs> usually has to be me. <laughs> yeah. No, what happened was uh, today I was uh, teaching uh, the spirituality, your guys, and, you know, it, it's literally, you can see the oh, seminary see. from okay. your front door. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually thinking, like, what are the things that I have to do? And I like went through and I said, I got to get this class prepared. We got a podcast and everything. And then all of a sudden, I like took the, put the two pieces together in nice. my mind. And I was like... <laughs> You just blew my mind. All the monkeys in your brain were working on the, exactly. on the same page. It was like, hey, wait a second. I don't have to drive all the way back to Arvada. I could stay. To-. So then I was like, hey, I'll text Michael. Hey, Michael, when can you meet? And he's like, 4.15. And I'm like, great. My class ends at noon. <laughs> so instead of going back to the office, I was like, well, I mean, you know, I have, I have to eat lunch. And, you know, that, that includes some socializing. Right. And today was the first time I ever did something before a podcast. You know what that was? Prepare. (laughs) No, you're not condescending. (laughs) I'm only saying this because you know I did not prepare for this one today. So No. I'm I'm projecting onto you. We were uh I came a little bit early and uh Father Michael had a meeting and uh so he's like, you know, just make yourself at home. So I'm just in his house and all of a sudden I was like I'm going to take a nap. Nice. So I took a 15-minute power nice. nap, and uh, I'm feeling good. Nice. I'm feeling good right now. I don't know if it'll translate well, Yeah. but um, I'm feeling pretty good. See, seven years ago, a, na- a power nap meant at least an hour and a half. I would not wake oh, yeah. up refreshed. But nowadays, if I set my alarm for 20 minutes, as long as I actually fall asleep, I wake up refreshed. I don't always like yep. get up, <laughs> which I probably should as soon as I feel refreshed, but I'm like, that was... That's my old man brain. Just needs to shut off for a second yep. and right back. That's actually how Father Michael's been doing it lately. He's he like he has like a sixteen minute setting on his timer. This is um, rap? Father Rap, okay. yeah. And he, he's like, as long as you're yeah. as long as you're down, yeah. um, I can't convince myself to go to sleep before like twenty minutes. 
Um, yeah. It's just like I just get restless and whatever. So, anywho, here we are. Yeah. What was the other thing you were going to talk about? I can't remember. Oh, whatever. I remember we've already actually talked about remember coffee. What 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 did you call it? When you drink coffee and then slingshot, slingshot. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, we talked about that. So, somebody actually sent us coffee after that. Yeah, what happened to that stuff? I think it's still sitting on my desk downstairs. Oh, you know? yeah, because that's the stuff that has the most caffeine yeah. per pound. Yeah, although so. I've seen another one advertised now. But there was, that one's called Death Shot or something like that. And yeah. then there's another one that the that I think the Marines advertise now. Oh. Yeah. Well, I saw all the little kids. It was it was so amazing. Today's Veterans Day. We're recording on Veterans Day. And I saw all the little kids from St. Vincent de Paul walking down the street singing like the Marines anthem at the top of their voice. Yes. It was beautiful. My father's a Marine, so. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm oh, I'm surprised we're allowed to do that. But I know. It is, it is a different America now. So for those of you who are uh, uh, rejoicing right now because of the election results, to those of you who are mourning, to those of you who are indifferent, we're all in this together. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Amen. we are. Absolutely. I could go on. Actually, maybe I'll do my topic on that. <laughs> I haven't even picked a topic yet. On, on on Christian compassion for those who are fearful after something like this. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to distract little from the teaser. topic. Yeah. little right. teaser. Yep. Anywho, so today, as I mentioned previously, I was uh, teaching the spirituality, your guys. Yes. And this is now my uh, second year in a row teaching um heart of the world nice and the reason why i'm teaching that is because father john is in rome because this was his bread and butter Mm. um before i was teaching john of the cross which is great um but uh, heart of the world is uh a more difficult uh book to teach because it's not necessarily like um i mean as with many of baldazar's works it's not like he's like i'm going to set out to do this it's actually a much more poetic reflection on um, the Trinity and the Incarnation and the, the work of redemption. Mm. So in some ways, it's like, where do you begin? Yeah. And um, it's just really funny to like be in front of these guys as sort of a expert. And I'm like, hey, guys, I guess we're going to go through this today. And for some reason, they pay attention. And they were very, they were very good. I went... I told them I'd give them a shout out. I'll give you your shout out at the beginning. You guys were extremely um, like engaged. You all seemed at least mostly awake. Um, there was in my last year's class, there was one guy that sat with his arms crossed, like <laughs> frown face, front row for the entire class. Wow. And I was just like, dude, what's your deal? But everybody but, loves Balthazar. I guess. I mean, <laughs> but uh, so, anyways, we had a great discussion today, and I just want to talk a little bit about uh, one of the lines uh, that the Balthazar has um, in this in this work we've we've talked about heart of the world before um, but uh, I, th- I think it bears repeating um, so we're just gonna dive right in sweet um, in essence you know heart of the world um, the title is reflecting upon Christ having a human heart capable of understanding, the full gamut of human emotions as God. Hmm. And since he's God um, and he now has a heart, he's now in some ways vulnerable. And being being vulnerable and limited, 
Um, he's taking all of this into his heart and somehow uh, working the effects of uh, redemption, reconciliation, the forgiveness of sins, the compassion, all of that, as we are taking taken into this um, into this divine human reality, mm. um, human heart, um, God's heart, the sacred heart. So uh, he says, "For let us not forget, if human limits become cap- if human limits became capable of receiving God's fullness, this was through a gift of God." and not through the creature's own ability to contain it. Here's the quote. Only God can expand the finite to infinity without shattering it. Only God can expand the finite to infinity without shattering it. And greater still than the miracle that a heart can be extended to God's proportions is the marvel that God was able to shrink to man's proportions. Mm -hmm. And we were just reflecting on... Uh, the f- that only God can expand the finite to infinity, and just understanding that as Christians, we have in some sense been uh, stretched. Yeah. And the topic came up of uh, holy protection. Yeah, Mother of God. Yeah. Yeah. And this this under- this understanding of well, if she was able to be stretched to the point where she could actually contain God, then every Christian has this. Marian dimension mm-hmm. of of opening up to a, a point where they didn't think that they would be uh, capable of expanding. Yeah, and that even I mean, not to jump your topic, you know, for the next one, but in some sense, like what I was talking to them about was, you know, if you love those who love you, what credit to that is you? Right. So then, in some sense, in Christ, like He's expanding us to include also people that we don't necessarily think are lovable. Right. We're not immediately related to. Right. Like even the guys in that room, like none of them are blood brothers. Mm. So there's no it's not really a familial connection. So Christ's heart, if we allow ourselves, you know, to be stretched, like he's actually opening us to a, an infinite dimension. And anytime there are stretch marks, um, that's usually a painful process. Yeah. I mean, women have stretch marks for different reasons than I have stretch marks, but <laughs> that was still painful. Anyways. Painful uh, but worth it in both cases? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, so we were talking about, you know, Mary as, um, you know, the mother of God, you know, capable of, yeah. uh, of being stretched from the finite to the infinite. The next one would be um, kind of priesthood. Um in that uh, a priestly heart has to uh, be open to uh, a lot more people than perhaps uh, one previously cared for before. Yeah, like a shepherd would have his flock, but then it's like, but it's not just your flock; it's everyone's flock. Yeah, and then people like that come in off the streets, or the people that you encounter, like somehow they are all part of this wider community. Um, and then even for, you know, parishioners, like, you know, they have their parish, but then if they're really going to be invested in this place, it can't just be like, well, we go there and we kind of get our thing and then we leave. Mm-hmm. Eventually it's like, well, we should probably get to know the people next to us. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's actually one way of, of combining the two. When you mentioned Balthazar, he's saying that it's both the condescension of God 
in say in 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 Mary in the mother of God the the Greek word we use is platetero wider than the heavens or more broad than the heavens she mm-hmm. is wider than the heavens because even the heavens can't contain God so Mary who does contain God is therefore wider than the heavens bigger than the heavens um so God is condescending so but but she's well the mother of God in that case is expanding God is is condescending he's he's lowering himself becoming for a while us and the angels becoming like a slave you mm-hmm. know from philippians he's becoming something smaller so there's there's a humility in god while a there's an increase in the dignity in the human being if you pass that on to the the next thing you mentioned the priesthood there's certainly a humility in god that he would allow his minister to to be his voice, to be his hands, and yet still be vulnerable and sinful, still turn people off, still annoy people, still literally be the cause of some people leaving the church. And here, you know, when you have priests doing bad things, you know, mm-hmm. th- th- there's like, th- th- there's, of course, he's not forcing anything, the priest is forcing it, but but, but being the, a medium or, or an excuse for that person to use, in a sense, when they leave, th- th- that's a very humbling for God, the fact that he makes himself that vulnerable, while at the same time, the priest as a human being needs to understand that that his ability to love has been expanded merely by his ministry. You know, he he's put in a place where he has to have more love. I was just talking about this with the spiritual direction I had earlier today. You know, there's a um there is something about people have expectations from priests, and whenever they tell me the expectations, like like, you know, if if we're arguing and we both it, during the argument, if if I and the person I'm arguing with both begin backbiting or throwing around personal insults, am I more at fault than they are as mm. a priest? Mm. You know, many people think that, and I wish that was the case. I really do, and and sometimes I think it is the case. You know, should I? just become a priest because I, I, I minister and God's hands and his voice in so many amazing ways, you know, am I therefore called to a level of, of personal holiness that is higher than them? Of course not, not holiness, but what about, what about ability to minister in his ways that are not going to be as harmful when I sin? I do, as I've shared before, I know there's been times when when I have absolutely out of complete laziness, sinful laziness, not prepared to homily. Like I just yeah. I don't feel like doing it. I'm not in the mood to right now. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the day goes by and all of a sudden I'm starting divine liturgy. I don't have a homily. So I've never not given a homily. There's probably been ten times I shouldn't have done it, but I did. And so mm-hmm. I gave one and it ended up just moving people's hearts and being this amazing, amazing God filled moment. And it's so humbling because I look back on it and I say, Lord, why would I ever think it wouldn't be that? Like, the homily's not mine. The homily's to be heard by your people. And you're going to feed them whether I prepare to, to feed them or not. So there's moments like that where I think we do need to stand and say, I've been expanded beyond even my own abilities. I've been expanded to receive God even beyond any effort I put into it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to my own sin, that's just not the case. You yeah. know, I, I, I am... I am just as weak as anybody else, and yet I have to thank God for the moments when he does not let my personal weakness affect anybody but me. But Mm. it certainly is affecting me, but sometimes he prevents me in that expansion, in a sense, from affecting the others that he loves. Well, and even with that analogy, I mean, Jesus still asks the people in the feeding of the 5,000, what do you have? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, give me what you have, 
and I can take that. I mean, it's not uh, from the finiteness to infinity. That doesn't necessarily mean from zero right. to infinity. It actually means from the limited portion that we have, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's Mary in, in her, I mean, in some sense, she didn't have um, a physical availability to become a mother, yet there was a spiritual availability, but never expected. Right. You know, how is this going to happen? With the priest, um, he presents before, you know, God, um, his very self, and, you know, it's his humanity. I mean, that's pretty much all that is required, a a masculine humanity. Um, And then somehow that's transformed into, um, well, another, you know, Christ minister, um, uh, another Christ bearer of sorts. Um, but even so, like the third example was, you know, the the Christian itself. To be a baptized Christian, I mean, you have to have a soul, right. uh, you know, a human soul, um, and then somehow like that makes you capable of receiving the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, like we just sort of just say, oh yeah, well that's that's <laughs> fine. It's like this is mind blowing yeah. when we actually start understanding that God has has stretched us to a point where he's always going to ask more but the the stretch the i don't know like he he's already pulled us apart uh to be able to receive all of these things i mean even the fact that we receive the eucharist or hear the word of god the word of god it's like well this is the voice that you know resounds upon the waters and like you know shakes timbers and you know like splits rocks and all of those things and then I'm just sort of dozing through you know the the morning you know scripture readings. It's like to even be able to hear the word of God is, I mean, terrifying. Yeah. If we if we actually uh, you know looked looked into our own self and said what exactly is happening right now. Yeah. So we we were into this morning when I was preaching holy protection. We had this. Uh, we're in Luke 13, and because of the way that our lectionary runs, we don't always hear this part of Luke 13 every year because of we're, we're Easterland. So mm. anyway, so I'm uh, when I when I was preparing the gospel, I was like, oftentimes if I read, I've been preaching now the same readings for 11 years. You know, we, we have a one-year cycle instead of a three-year cycle. So you're preaching this, the same readings. You're in the same season and everything. So when I when I began reading this one, it started off with, with certain Pharisees approached Jesus and said, Get out of here, because Herod's trying to kill you. Mm. And Jesus says, "Go tell that yeah. fox." <laughs> exactly, I love it. He says, "You go tell that fox that, that that today and tomorrow I'm healing and casting out demons. On the third day is when everything will be accomplished." And like I I could not have. I mean, I knew that passage, but it's not something I could have quoted like I can most scriptures because I preach them so mm-hmm. often. So, and I I start out my homily by saying, it was kind of nice to have like to have to read through this scripture multiple times to kind of even remember what it was because I don't read it every year. As yeah. And I saw a bunch of heads in the congregation nodding to like, oh yeah, we were kind of surprised by this one too, you know, because these are the daily, you know, liturgy mm-hmm. goers. So th- there was a sense of that. And I just thought, why, why do I ever read, even if I've read it a million times, why do I ever read it with less heart or less attention? Mm-hmm. Because you're right. It is the word of God. I should read Psalm 23 with the same attention that I read Revelation. Mm-hmm. I could I have Psalm twenty three memorized. I've heard it on the back of every single funeral card there is. Mm. But Revelation, you know, is just so esoteric. It's kind of always new every time I read it. But they're both the Word of God. They're both as powerful. Yeah, that was with uh, I made a pit stop at the Missionaries of Charity the other day. Mm. 
Um, it was actually really funny. I-25 and uh, 6th Avenue were totally packed, just like jam-packed. I have absolutely no idea why. Uh, I look on my Google Maps. It's like 55 minutes to get home. Mm. I'm like, I don't have time for this. So then I'm like, I guess I'll get some dinner. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Missionaries of Charity and just see if they'll give me some food. <laughs> and uh, as it turned out, it was Thursday. Okay. And, and on Thursday, that's when uh, my friend uh, Susie Swanson goes down and cooks with the ladies. Nice. So I'm down there with the with the homeless women. Right. And I'm eating dinner with these ladies. Okay. okay? And uh, Susie's a very good cook, so I'm I'm very happy. Mm. And you know, I also wanted to pray. I wasn't just looking for a handout, but um, so, <laughs> anyways, this lady next to me. I mean, she's she's homeless, off the streets. Mm. Um, you can tell she's she's a little crazy. Okay, and uh, she starts. Uh, I don't know. I even know how we got on this this question, but I said to her, um, you know, did have you have you memorized any scripture? Um, and she just launches into the King James version of Psalm 91. Nice. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High and abides in the shade of the Almighty says to the Lord, my refuge, my stronghold, my God, and whom I trust. But in a completely new way. Hmm. Like, I mean, I had never heard this version before. Right. And when she was saying this, I mean, I was just imagining like Anna the prophetess, hmm. like kind of wild looking kind of crazy, like, who are you? And then all of a sudden, like, she is just reciting this, but not in, like, sort of a poetic, you know, deliverance, Mm -hmm. but, like, she's lived this. Wow. And I was just amazed that it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I I almost told her, like, well, I've I've memorized a few psalms and everything. (laughs) And she, like, was actually able to recite it in a way that that had conviction and understanding. Yeah. And I'm like... Man, I just because I've memorized passages of scripture doesn't mean that I know anything right. about what that means. Right. And she's told me she's like on the street. I pray that every single day wow. um, because it, it's the one like you know he will he will send his angels to guard you and everything. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I was just blown away that uh, sometimes I just think, oh, this is just going to be a normal ordinary experience. You know, I'm just going to go and kind of do my thing or whatever. And then God speaks through other people, and it's like the the power of revelation is astonishing. Mm. So I think, at least for me, like that passage is is a kind of wake up call to don't get into a habit of just going through the motions when you approach God. Yeah, God is wild, yeah. and uh, if He's actually you know stretched us to infinity, then there's going to be points in our life, points in our liturgy, points in our prayer, points in our encounter with other people where it's just like, oh yeah, I know exactly how this is going to go. Hmm. Look out. Right. Look out, because it, it it normally isn't. Yeah. So. I, I I think the first time I experienced that was when I was a seminarian or first time like intentionally experienced it was as a seminarian doing hospital ministry, because I was so afraid to walk into those rooms. I thought the people that were in the bed just had so many expectations of what happened when a chaplain walks in the room. Mm. Like the chaplain has to be so wise and so well-educated to be able to handle any question they may have, explain the reason for suffering, explain why God's letting this happen. And it was like, you walk in there and very few people actually expected that. And, And it was, and it was like, there's something about a young kid walking into a, 
hospital room saying, I want to be here. You know, it's like, I just, I, I'm here because God does amazing things when we, when we try to do his work. You know, I'm, I'm not competent at it. I, I'm just, I'm just present and trying to do what God wants me to do and trying to be a conduit for, for his action. And so that's what I'm doing here. And then, then there's, you step out of your comfort zone a bit. You're, you're, you're attempting to do the will of God for the building of the church and for his glory. And then, you kind of watch God work, even if it's in yourself, you know. I did that today with a part of the liturgy in the, in the homily, too, where I had not prepared. I, like, I just started going off on a little bit of a tangent, and, like, I started learning from my own homily again. I love when that happens. You start learning from what you're saying. Like, yes, yes, amen. Like, I want to scream amen for what I was saying. So, obviously, it wasn't just me saying it. So, anyway. Yeah. So, that's it. Um, I certainly am grateful for the opportunity to... To teach some of these guys, but actually they were teaching me uh, today. Um, I mean, they were asking some really good questions, um, and uh, I might actually follow up with one of the podcasts later on. Um, so, to all the guys uh, from you know 2016, 2017, SY, good job. Cool. Was I'm that, deliberately was doing that. A sh- your only shout out. I'm doing a short one today, man. Okay. No, I can't do a short. You can do a short short one. Shorty snap. We intentionally doing two short ones in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Amen. Um, Shout outs. Yeah. I can't remember. I swear that somebody had asked me to give someone a shout out, and now I can't remember where it was. You got anything? Yeah. um, And I thought I had another one I'm probably forgetting to. But anyway. Um, So, Anna Albert Harter called me out on how boring my last podcast was and she did listen to the part where i was asking for fraternal correction from my companion brothers Mm -hmm. and i was like we don't call each other out enough we don't hold each other accountable enough and so Mm -hmm. i don't know if she was inspired by that or if she was just really bored out of her mind but she didn't even listen to the last 24 minutes of the podcast she just had to turn it off (laughs) nine nine it was that boring for her so anyway um so i got in a banter fight with her on facebook I actually got in a banter fight with myself since I since I have access to the Catholic stuff Facebook page. Uh-huh. I just bantered back and forth between the Catholic stuff page and my personal page. <laughs> I, I, Are you, do you have not I, have I, enough I thought, work to do? <laughs> too much time on my hands. Anyway, I thought it was pretty funny in the end. Um, I thought I was pretty. That's horrible. That's horrible. Anyway, um, at the at the end of it, she asked. She said, "I love you guys. Can I have a shout out?" And she might try to visit us here in Colorado. So anyway. Um, Anna Albert Harder, thank you for that's your Facebook name at least. That is, uh, thank you for for holding me accountable and for uh, calling me out for a boring podcast last one. Thank you. Some have supported me too, but um, I appreciate your honesty. And actually, I did listen to it, and I thought there were too many pauses when I was trying to go back and forth between the book and my notes. So I will try to do that in a different way next time. Um, also, I got called out today by a parishioner of mine, Anthony Golish, who says she only gets partial shout-outs all the time. She doesn't get a full shout-out. So this is... This is Sweet Moses. <laughs> this is your this is your full shout out, Antoinette. I love you. I think you're awesome. And also Sarah Stacy, who um, said she'd make me brownies if I gave her a shout out, and I never did. I gave her anti shout out. So anyway, um, to all of you guys, love you, and uh, thanks for listening. Great. If you do it anymore, you did allow me to remember. I think we're seeing the drawbacks of the nap before the podcast. <laughs> that I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little slower. I feel like I'm a little slower, but I'm also a little slower, if you know what I mean. Okay, right. Um, so to John, 
and ami, uh, like ami in French. I had to write that down. I hope I said that right. From Casper, Wyoming. They came down uh, to uh, St. Joan of Arc, and we had a great conversation. It was actually really funny because one of my parishioners, uh, he's a beer distributor, and he always gives me a bottle of beer uh, to like try and you know let him know like you know if this is you know good or not. Which is perfect for me because it's just one bottle. Right. And, you know, like, I'm not that much of a drinker. Right. I know that's hard to believe for a lot of people. <laughs> um, but uh, but I'm standing there with this bomber of beer. Um, and, like, everybody's walking up to me and everything. And these are the, the last two people. And uh, um, it was, like, one of those things where I, I was trying to set it down and everything. And then uh, eventually I'm just like... Can I can you just hang on a second? So then I run over to the grass and like put my beer into the grass and then like give them my full attention. And they were a delightful couple. Um, she's a convert, loving Catholicism, um, asking really good questions. And um, John, especially, um, he laid down the gauntlet. Okay. I asked him, So what are you reading right now? Right. And he said, I've been reading a question of the Summa every day. For the last, I don't know how long, and I'm just finishing the first volume. Wow. And I'm like, I haven't even read, like, 10% of the first volume. Yeah. Um, and just one question a day. That's it. And I was so inspired that I said, I'm going to do one small thing to, to, like, you know, be like that guy. So, nice. thank you. That reminds me of another shout out. Uh, you guys should check out uh, Pints with Aquinas podcast with uh, Matt Frad. Uh, Matt Frad's awesome. Good point. I, you probably know his uh, his ministry, the anti porn ministry, but um, he and I have become online friends, and uh, and I've started listening to his stuff now since we've become online friends. Hopefully, friends in real life someday. Um, but anyway, it's it's it, he does good stuff both with the Integrity Restored podcast and the Pints with Aquinas. And podcast. he's really funny. Yes, he is. Really I've watched some of his yeah, stuff. Amen. So check it out. Okay, folks, Catholic Stuff Podcast, gmail.com. That's like when us you on Facebook. That's when you say, like, apparently he needs a nap. I need a nap. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Check it out, folks. We'll see you later. Bye. Crazy. Loom clock went off, but it didn't go off. Yeah, I, there's the battery.